intentional surviving units on Cadia. This is Radio Operator 1 broadcasting from Outpost 11. Our situation is dire, but our resolve remains unbroken. The planet has fallen, but we stand as a testament to the indomitable spirit of Cadia. We will not be forgotten. Cadia stands. Cadia stands. The import protects. Cadia stands. Cadia stands! Cadia <laughs> stands! Oh shit! Cadia! Cadia stands! What's going on, Radio Free Cadia listeners? And welcome to Radio Free Cadia, a Warhammer 40k podcast. My name is Michael. I've got my co-host Tyler here. Go and say what's going on, Tyler. What's going on, people? And welcome to the first episode of Radio Free Cadia. This is just a podcast uh, where we discuss uh, currently what's going on in Warhammer 40k. Uh, we discuss uh, some of the tactics we're using, maybe some of the stuff we're seeing in our local scene. Uh, we're going to give you some hobby uh, some hobby tips. We'll probably give you some uh, gaming tips, but generally, what you're going to hear is you're going to hear our journey into the Warhammer 40k uh, gaming scene. Uh, now, I think it's—I don't think it's going to be any secret that we're looking to establish ourselves or get into the tournament scene at some point. Oh, absolutely. But for right now, because I'm new to 10th edition, I come heavily on the Horse Heresy side, but. I'm new to 10th edition, did not play 9th edition, and I barely pay, played 8th edition. What's your background looking like in 40K? Um, I played like one or two games of 9th edition, and 10th is kind of a whole new ball game for me. Yeah. So we are stepping in fresh, but we both are pretty, I would say, decent heresy players. For sure. And then we also played Legion. You know, we I, I played a 7th edition 40K. You know, it's a... Yeah, I'm pretty new to the wargaming scene, but uh, I think both me and uh, Michael here were pretty fast learners, so uh, we pick up on things pretty quick. Yeah. So that being said, guys, we're not going to get too deep into that. If uh, if you know, you know. Uh, I did want to talk about the whole point of this episode. It's kind of the anti-meta is what. The anti-meta is right, and I think it's very important to talk about, especially to new people getting into the game. And so if y'all are not sure what the quote unquote meta is, so if you look at uh, any sort of war game, game in general, you know, if you're a Magic the Gathering player, Yu-Gi-Oh player, whatever you play, yeah, video games, there's going to be a, um, when you have that many number of people looking in and trying to, you know, check the fence, you know, like uh, (laughs) test the fence. There's eventually what's going to happen is people are going to find combos. They're going to find stuff that really works out. Uh, the the test is there's so many data points out there. And so what happens is you get these armies, in, in the case of 40K, you get these armies that come out that are just going to be a little bit better than the other armies. Either they're more points efficient, and they're kind of an obvious choice if you want to be a, a, a kind of like a point-and-click army. It's like this is... If you play this army, you're going to do good. You're going to have more winning games than, than bad games, right? Absolutely. And we live in a clickbait kind of society right now. So those are what get the clicks on YouTubes and the TikToks is this is what's doing good. This is how you win. And uh, maybe it's not always the case of that's the army that you should play because there are other fun armies out there. Um, and I think they deserve to be played and they are still fun at a local scene where 
you're not playing for a tournament or a prize pool. Yeah, it's kind of weird because I've never actually been in a... I've never been in a gaming system where the creators of the game actually track the win win rate percentage for each faction. And absolutely. so... Absolutely. Especially coming from a 30K or Horse Heresy. Yeah. It's more of a narrative play. Everybody's just there to, you know, beer and pretzels kind of game. But... I mean, we have Games Workshop putting up the numbers of who's winning the most, who's winning the least, where you should jump in. I think that's kind of what makes it like very uh, difficult, where if I was a new player and I was presented with this sheet in front of me, which is the win rate breakdown, presented from Games Workshop, right? Absolutely. And you have you have the Eldari, which are 67% of the time they're going to win in an event. Gene Steeler Colt, 63%. Imperial Knights, 57%. And Adeptus Custodes at 56%. So if I were to see that, and I was thinking to myself, you know what sounds fun? Tau Empire sounds really fun. Hey, they do. And they look really cool. But then I look down there and I see that, you know, hey, they're at a 38% win <laughs> ratio. You know, they're, you're going to lose more times than you're going to win. I mean, they look cool, but... You know, you don't want to get your ass kicked every time. Yeah, there's no reason. Like, you, at that point, you know, what's the... So, it's kind of what I wanted to get into. It's kind of a break this down on what you should... I guess what you should take away from this win rate ratio, right? Absolutely. So, it's, it's one of those things where if you see this, and especially as a newer player, and, and it was kind of one of the things, I actually had a conversation with an older 7th edition player um, who had told me, he's like, hey, man, I want to play again, but I have a Death Guard army, and I have a Gene Stealer Colt army, and so I'm on both sides of the spectrum, so I don't want to hop in because I don't want to crush everybody with my Gene Stealer Colts, and then I also don't want to lose all the time with my Death Guard. And I stopped him, and I said, look, dude, I said, you have to understand that the Gene Stealer Colt players that are winning are the toppest of their tier. These are the best players Taking very specific units yes. that are like breaking down, math hammering. Like yeah. you can still play Gene Stoli Colts locally and still have a good time and not just wreck your opponents. Yeah, and usually you're not, you know, you're not a Nassim or you're not these like a uh, uh, Colin McDades who are out there just, you know, are excellent tactics. You know, have played the game forever. It's it's one of those things where you have to realize that these are it's it's kind of the equivalent of saying, hey man, we all know Louisville Sluggers are the best baseball bats. But that's in the hands of MLB players, right? <laughs> exactly. Versus, you know, you like... You can give me one. I'm not going to go hit a home run. I yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. There's certain... It, the Army doesn't... Ma- or I guess I guess the Army doesn't make the... No, the faction doesn't make the Army. For sure. It's a mixture of the general and the faction itself that makes the Army. Yep. Now, granted, am I going to want to go into battle with a... M1 carbine versus an M16? Absolutely not. So, like, you know. So, it's a double edged sword. All right. But two sides of the coin, I guess. Th- there is always the, you know, where do you see yourself playing, right? Yeah. And I think, with the exception of maybe Imperial Knights, any of these can be very fun. The only reason why I say Imperial Knights is they're just super tanky and super hard for a lot of armies to deal with. Um, you can still have fun with them. I fought a knight uh, last weekend and. I ended up winning. I mean, the night was standing, but I, I won. <laughs> it's uh, they're definitely like so. If you're not familiar with its edition, uh, vehicles have just gotten a lot bigger and beefier. They got the loaf, and and uh, damage kind of got a reduction on on what it does to vehicles. I, I guess just in general, 
damage across the board got a reduction. So putting a lot of wounds on a vehicle just isn't, you're not going to one shot a vehicle unless you have a very, very powerful vehicle as well to fight that. And so uh, uh, there, there's a lot heavier of a, I guess, there's, there's a lot heavier of a bird in these vehicles are starting to carry uh, as far as army choice, you know, trans, I'm seeing a lot more transports and I'm seeing yep. uh, quite a bit of just these like dedicated tank killer vehicles now that are just kind of state staples in everybody's list. I mean, yeah, having the tank killers, for you got a quote unquote meta list is like, if you're not taking them, you don't have a meta list because you're going to face Imperial Knights at, yeah. a, at an event. So, so you actually, so you you played a few games this weekend with your orcs. I did, and I played probably the bottom tier of orcs. I had a Speed Freaks list, kind of a Mad Max themed orc army that I was going for in Ninth Edition. And you were worried about this. You were I, worried about your list. Uh, I I haven't played the orcs because of this, <laughs> uh, and this is why I wanted to bring it up. Is uh, the orcs have just been sitting there collecting dust because Tenth Edition came out. You know, the tier list. I watch the YouTube videos just like everybody else. And, uh, yeah, all of my units are at the very bottom. And I'm like, man, this is going to suck. And I wanted to just go to the the game store, get some fun games in. So I was like, I'm going to take my orcs. I haven't played them. They look cool on the shelf. People want to see them. So I take them. And I go 3-0 on the weekend. And it's just because it's a local meta. It's like, and it's not even a meta locally. It's just... People aren't playing to go win tournaments locally, so you can still go have fun and play the orcs that you have or the Tau that you have. Or I play Leagues of Votan as well, which are at the very bottom of uh, GW's <laughs> list right now. Uh, they're still very fun and very, um, I would say, very playable in the local scene. And you're not going to get just rolled over or... Um, the meta's not going to come up ever. You're not going to feel like you're always behind. I had speed, and speed is probably one of the biggest things in speed, 40K. Speed and toughness right now. Yeah, speed very... and toughness. So having 12-inch movement, I was able to score a lot of secondaries. I wasn't the most killing army with my orcs, but I scored more points than any of my other armies I play, and that's saying something. I mean, I, I hit the 100-point club this weekend. Yeah, that was one of the big things that I, I kind of find is one of the, the hardest things to drive into a new player is going to be that that talk where it's like, hey, man, don't pick a unit based on how well, how good it does at killing, mm-hmm. right? Because you're just going to find yourself taking a bunch of hammers when yeah. there's not a bunch of nails out there, right? And so I think it's one of the things is, especially when I looked at your orc list that you played uh, this weekend, it was something that you had all edges of the spectrum, right? You had high mobility, high strength, high toughness. You had like a really good balance with your list because you could you could break off and go send uh you know one of your helicopter units or, or one of your flyers over to the other side of the table. Just go sit in the corner. Yeah, but you had this you know massive stompa that could tank those shots, <laughs> and it's like you know you you had full. Because I noticed whenever you were playing, uh, um, what was it, Garrett or the Brenner? Yeah, with, you're, his, uh, with his custodes. Which, if you look at custodes, you know custodes are fifty six percent win rate right now. And he he is running a quote unquote tournament list, like he's trying to get into the tournament scene, right? 
And so you really did. And one of the things I noticed was like you bullied him on one side of the board with your Stompa. Absolutely. And so you, you, you just kind of kept that pressure on there while also playing the objectives, playing the missions. And one of the things I was laughing at when I was kind of just like keeping an eye on that game was a lot of that was mind game because like 24 points seems so in uh, 24 wounds seems so 30. Yeah. Thir- but, yeah. But 30. Still, so intimidating. It's so intimidating. But like realistically, if he were to just go fight it, I feel like he could have taken it. it down. No problem. Yeah. That was everybody. I played three games with the Stompa. The Stompa is a good unit. I would say, I don't know if it's worth the points. It's not going to be in a, a tournament list whatsoever, but it's fun. It's a big unit. Uh, people are just terrified of it and would not touch it at all. He had three games, had 30, 30 wounds at each of the end of the games, and we played five rounds on each of those games. So it's intimidating, and, I mean, it made him kind of huddle up because he was trying to get out of the line of sight because with the yep. Titanic rule or the towering rule, um, I have to still see them. So there was, like, this one... Very specific angle that he could keep his land raider, which his land raider is the only thing that could probably easily pop my stompa. But he was so terrified of the stompa that he would not move it out of the cover to come fight me. So the land raider, with his strongest unit, just sat in the back of his deployment the whole game until I finally got an angle to shoot him with it. And then I guess the land raider. So so I, stompa has thirty wounds. It's got a two up save, right? Yep. And then in addition, I mean, it's got just guns galore on it as yeah, well. I mean, I was physically exhausted after rolling dice. <laughs> I mean, you're fishing for fives and sixes, but physically exhausted. After one of my games, I grabbed two bottles of water and a Sprite, and I finished them all before my next game, and we were setting up the next game as I was going to get that water. Oh, those tough, tough, <laughs> uh, those tough, tough D6 rolls, man. Yeah, they, it's just tiring, but it's fun. It, I mean... Who doesn't want to grab a handful of dice and just roll them over and over and over? Yeah, so I guess one of the big things that I, you know, f- coming back from that game was it was really about, you know, board control and and it it's just kind of comes back to it's not the the faction that makes the army. There's also the general that gets put in there as well. And I'm so, not saying Brenner's a bad player by any means. It's just no, I think I, I mean, think he's new to the scene, so he's still learning some strategy and he thought, you know, he can deep strike a lot of his army, so he took a lot of his army and put it in deep strike. But what that honestly allowed me to do is have two thousand points versus a thousand points, and gain board control, like you're saying. Yeah, I was actually thinking about it the other day, and there really is so much, I guess, that relies on your exp- like even even if you were a ninth edition player. You do not know how these units operate in 10th edition. Yeah, totally, totally they, new data slates. Yeah, totally new data slates, totally new uh, damage profiles, everything like that. And it was kind of one of those things where I think if you're preparing yourself to to like be a tournament player or to operate at that level, mm-hmm. you have to get the games in. And you have the games in. Like you clearly have <laughs> the games in. You, I try to play at least three a week. Yeah. Like so I, I try to get them in. So you think about like some of the stuff where, you know, and I think about if somebody showed up on the board with a Stompa, yeah. you play a Stompa so little that you're not going to know what it does, what kind of... And that's kind of one of the things that, you know, it really intrigues me when I see all these bottom-of-the-barrel kind of armies down here that don't have that win rate. Mm-hmm. And, and I believe all of this is tracked by Best Coast Pairings yeah, the, uh, yeah, the, uh, data. 
And so I think what what we're really seeing here is there's kind of this, you know, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy where people aren't taking units because they see these numbers yep. and they see these tier lists and everything like that. And it, like, especially on YouTube, right? You yeah. see a tier list where the, uh, what's the stomp? I know you know what the stomp the is. Stomp is, it's honestly pretty good this edition. So it's in the B mm-hmm. tier, but the rest of, I mean, the speed freaks, every, every buggy, except for the one buggy that I don't use is D or F the lowest yeah. tier. So, yeah. And so, like, I think there's, like, a lot of things where a lot of that stuff is getting taken out and it's not being utilized. And and so what happens is when you see, you know, you're a Custodes player or anything like that, and you go to one of these events and you're not expecting to see Speed Freaks. You're not expecting yeah. to see Stompa. And so you don't prepare for it. And then, for one, you don't even know what the profile looks like, right? Exactly. And so I think uh, that there's, like, really is a huge benefit in just, you know, even though you kind of see some of this, like, internet talk and everything like that on how you should play your army. There's so much benefit to testing out every unit you can. And that, that's where, that's where I am right now. Oh man, like, you've been going through it. You like, I mean, every time I play you, there's a new unit on the board. It, it, trying out. I, I, I've got to like, and it's one of those things where like I can get a idea. Like I, I kind of oversell myself on some units. I really did think that, um, uh, the Redemptor with the Onslaught Cannon and the Mini Onslaught Cannon yep. were just going to be next level. And then you actually see it and you're like, well, this is math-wise. This didn't really add up the way I thought it would. And For sure. It's not until you actually get it on the table that you start realizing and feeling, you know, okay. I mean, I guess one of the biggest things that you probably learned with that is just uh, maneuvering the vehicles in yes. edition is really, really hard. And it might have the math, but if you can only hold one lane, that math never comes into to play, then what what is the math doing good for you? Well, that was kind of one of the things where I'm getting at is, you know, although math-wise, I can tell you how good a Redemptor will kill a Space Marine squad, right? Just yep. by math. I can You can go to Unit Crunch. You can see how many Space Marines you'll kill, how long, how long it'll take to do that. But Unit Crunch doesn't have a an intimidation factor, right? Like there was no <laughs> way that I could have seen your game and see you play against Brenner and know that he was going to hide his land Raider. Cause he didn't want to get shot at. Right. Yep. You don't, you don't, it's like, okay, I somehow you have taken that land Raider out of the game solely by intimidation only. And, and, and the thing is, is I had my jet, my was bomb blasted jet back there who isn't amazing, but has really powerful weapons and he's just being able to pick apart the land raider because the land raider doesn't want to move because the stompa is holding the lanes. Yeah, it's a it's it's one of those things where there is so much benefit in just getting out there and just taking a, a brand new unit. You know, if you see something cool, just go for it and test it. And then yeah. what will happen is you will find a way to make it work. Absolutely right. Yeah, I, I think the thing that speaks volumes too is seeing Admech place what first or second in that one tournament, and I mean they're bottom in the barrel, and uh, I mean people probably aren't used to seeing Admech at these events, so they don't know what they can do. This guy had a very specific list and just put him in people's face, and he he ended up doing really good with a bottom of the barrel uh, army. That's a uh, it's it's definitely one of those things where. If you just if you're the anti-meta, right? Yeah. You just show up with tower. You just show up with this, and and, and really, you know, I think that's how that tower army kind of got through from yep. the other day. Was 
nobody nobody knew what it does, so nobody can confirm the rules or anything like that. Yep. And so then nobody like there just wasn't. If y'all aren't if y'all aren't familiar, some some guy at the Lone Star Open managed to get very deep into the placings with a army that nobody knew the rules for <laughs> and uh, found himself very high in the rankings until he got kicked down because he was playing some stuff incorrectly and <laughs> possibly doing some other shady stuff. But uh, nobody could call him on it. That's what I'm saying. And I'm not saying to cheat by any means, but you have people studying. Like, if I'm going to go to a event, I'm going to go study the Imperial Knights data cards because I know I'm going to see Imperial Knights 100%. Yes, 100%. You are absolutely. I would say if if you are if you plan on going to any events and you don't know how Eldari, Gene Steeler Colts, Imperial Knights, or Custodes, or Thousand Sons, or Tyranids, and Death Watch, or Necrons, anything that's over 45% right now. If you don't know how that army is played, you're just going to be hurting yourself because if you're going with anything that's above 45%, they definitely know how that army is played. For sure. And with, you know, all the indexes is free and you don't have to go buy a codex right now. Like, there's no reason not to know those Exactly. Those 100%. And you got to believe that the people that are getting the first and seconds are studying these armies, these meta armies. Yeah. And, and I mean, I'm not sure how many games a week they're getting in. I can only imagine it's quite a bit since they, you know, they live and breathe this and, you know, and it's kind of, it, it's kind of crazy to me. It's like, cause you know, I spend probably every day painting a model or working on a model and yep. looking up different tactics and stuff like that and how I can play differently or watching battle reports. Like I can't imagine how you could get more obsessed <laughs> than that, but they do. Like yeah, they th- do. these dudes are like, breathing Warhammer. So, I mean, I've seen people talk about, you know, setting up scenarios, not even playing full games, but just setting up scenarios, which I think for a new player is very good. I did it in 30K with you. Uh, We set up a scenario type game and you kind of learn what your models do in a very quick and rapid uh, way of learning. But I've heard that people, you know, going to these events, they set up scenarios and try to work their way out of these bad scenarios on to see how flexible and how durable their armies may be. Dude, I will say when I'm at work, I watch so many battle reports like on the like especially the WTC was a couple weeks back. Yep. And so I watched the WTC the live feed of all the top players. Yep. And you know, kind of seeing them play and like seeing how they operate, they are so efficient. snappy and efficient. They know exactly what they need to do, how much time they have to do it and everything like that. And so it's pretty wild to see, you know, uh, a, you know, and, and I was watching um, Death Watch versus Imperial Knight, mm-hmm. and the way they interacted with each other, you know, Imperial Knight player knew exactly how Death Watch worked. Death Watch knew how Imperial Knights work, and there was points where a Death Watch player was saying, you know, oh no, that's not how that works, and the Imperial Knight player would realize, okay, yeah, you're right. And so, like, I could just imagine if you showed up with, you know, some some. Adeptus or you know some battle <laughs> yeah. sisters or some uh, some gray knights or or tau, it's like I have no idea what that thing's about to do to me. You know, like what is that a rogan? Like what strength is that? You I know, mean, that's intimidation too, though. I mean, uh, you yeah. might not be intimidated by the army, but you not you don't know what to expect from the army. You're gonna slip up your opponent for sure. Yeah, because I I don't think you know that. And and as much as I study space marines, and as much as I study every unit that I can that I have available to me, you know, I'm a blood angel player. And so I study, you know, everything that I can take all the unit combos and everything like that. I still get surprised 
by somebody that tells me, oh, did you know this could take this or this? And it's like, what? Well, especially with the Space Marine faction. It's uh, huge. I, I know it's a big faction that a lot of new players come into. And I don't know if it's technically good because, I mean, we compare my Votan index cards to your Bible of uh, Space Marine index cards. And it's a lot to go through. So, of course, you're going to miss things in there. But it's also fun to learn about the new things that your army can do. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, so I do the Radio Freest Van TikTok, and so I get all the time. I always get new players that are asking me, you know, hey, i just getting into 40K. How should I play this? And I always say, you know, buy what you think looks cool. Absolutely. Because no matter what, like if it looks cool, at least you get to play with it. It looks cool and all that stuff. And then I get, you know, hey, I just got Space Marines. You know, what should I do? I just got my Leviathan box. I've got Space Marines. How should I play them? What should I do? And one of the biggest things is like, especially for Space Marine players, you have all the chapters and the sub chapters, right? Mm -hmm. So you have like the Blood Angels, the Black Templar, you have the Dark Angels, so you have Death Watch, you have all these cool sub chapters that have their own rules as well. But within that, those factions, I think one of the, the craziest things that I let everybody know is like, hey, choose a play style because within the Space Marines, you can go a bike army you can do a flyer list you can do an assault army you can do a all tank army there's so many different like ways to play space marines absolutely and i think there's no way that your opponent is going to be able to prepare themselves and that's kind of one of the things i i you know i always joke around that everything will eventually evolve into crabs <laughs> for sure and so like i know what the the meta tells me are good units right now. Yep. And I hate where it's like, yeah, dude, I think I'm going to try this unit out. Cause in my mind, they're really good. And it's like, yeah, that's a meta unit. It's like, oh, dang it, dude. Like what? <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> I'm a crab. <laughs> so, uh, I, I do think that's one of the beauties of space Marines though, is you can play any, any style of Warhammer. You can be super aggressive. You can be a slow player. You can be the, the tank player, and it's a lot of flexibility that a lot of factions don't have. A lot of factions are one-dimensional. And, um, it, yeah, if you're not for sure on your play style, I would say Space Marines would be a good a good army to get into. Yeah, I mean, what, Space Marines are... Where are they at on this a list? Direct middle? Oh, no, that's Space Wolves. So that's Space Wolves. Oh, deficit, 43% win rate. So they're not winning... Yeah, I've heard, yeah, Death Watch is doing great. I mean, yeah. it's like every non... Oh, actually, Blood Angel is doing pretty bad. But I think that's it for the people that actually take the non-Gladius. Yeah. So if you're not familiar, the uh, uh, the, the Gladius Task Force is kind of like your generic Space Marine Task Force. And then for the sub-chapters, you get an additional... Instead of Gladius, which lets you use your detachments and things like that, mm -hmm. you can actually have, uh, like in the, in the case of Blood Angels, it's Sons of Sanguinius. And so yep. I don't think anybody's taking Sons of Sanguinius right now. Do you think when like the codexes come out, it's going to be kind of like what we have with the index cards of the Blood Angels, the uh, Space Wolves and stuff like that? Or is it even going to be more? Well, so the word on the street is they're going to have like every, every faction is going to have like four between three and four actual like task force they can choose from. That's really cool. And so if you want to say like, oh, like let's say in the case of like Space Marines, like, oh, mm -hmm. a, bike, a bike task force and an assault marine task force or like, you know. That's going to be really, really cool. Yeah. I'm, Add I'm, to the flexibility. Yeah. I think right now it's, uh, it's, 
we're kind of at this weird stage where everything's brand new. No codexes are out. We're all kind of in this like beta period of like exactly what me and JD call it. We're playing beta 10th edition right now. And so, but one of the things that like I'm kind of curious about is right now, no matter what army you choose, if you let, let's say, you know, you bought an army and you're just getting your butt kicked every time. Yep. There's nothing saying that here in uh, 20 days or so that that army is not going to get balanced into just doing incredible. You're doing great. It's a, it's kind of one of the, 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 probably one of the nicest things that I like about 40 K is it's not stagnant. Yep. And so because they, they take this into consideration, they take these win rate and these, uh, these different uh, faction ratios and they adjust them based off of, you know, Hey, who's doing really good right now. Maybe we need to bring their points up a little bit so we can reel them back in. And so Absolutely. you're going to start seeing a lot like, like just in the case of, you know, uh, with indirect, indirect fire, yeah. it's, you know, indirect fire right at the beginning of the edition. That it was, was the go. It was the way to go. It's, you were just basically dying without anybody seeing you. If you're not familiar with indirect fire, is you don't need line of sight to shoot at somebody with indirect fire. You take a minus one, but a lot of armies have a way to mitigate mitigate that, that minus one and, to your hit. And so what was happening was you're playing this game and you were fighting an opponent you never saw, and you'd have armies that can double, triple down on this, and so they would look at your key players in your in your army that you know either you're you know. If you got a bunch of characters or, you know, hard-hitting units, they would just annihilate you while hiding behind terrain. And so what Games Workshop did is they recognized that. And then what's crazy is they looked at every every keyword that had indirect fire and anything, any unit that had indirect fire capable, mm-hmm. they bumped their points up. As and, a Grey Knight player, I think that it was uncalled for for the Grey Knights. <laughs> <laughs> I like that unit. I don't think it was broken at all, but <laughs> so, so yeah, so so them being able to play this like a, I guess, analytics hammer, you know, being yep. able to like look at that data, see what's winning a lot, see what's doing really good, and kind of balance it out using kind of. AI and machine learning. Absolutely. I mean, that's a that's a brand new thing to this, to to everybody. But it's so nice to have uh, in this case. I mean, we come from horse heresy where everything's going to last cannons. I know y'all talk about it on the other podcast a it's, lot. It's so stagnant right now. That's kind of what you know. It it, it really does make f- the forty k side look so much more appealing because you know there's change around the corner, yep. and so you know that you know like. Like right now, you know, I'm not I'm not rocking like a tournament like ready army. It's not a badass army, but I like there's always that hope that, you know, something's going to change for my benefit because I see blood angels down there below space marines, you know. Yeah. And so, you know, death company might get a, a points decrease. Uh, you know, librarian dreadnoughts might get a point decrease. And my whole army could just get better overnight with a balance increase. And so uh, and, that, and and what's funny is I say that it could get better. But it also could get worse. But, like, at the same time, it's like, I'm not losing every game I play at the local oh, <laughs> at the local not. store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's it's the rich get richer, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, Which, so. I, I think, uh, going back to, you know, at the local store is, yeah, you can, you can play your armies that you have. Don't, I wouldn't 
I would never, especially in the 40K world, I would never just get rid of an army because we know they're going to come around, especially when the codexes drop. We saw it in ninth. Even though uh, both me and you really didn't play ninth, we did keep up with it for a bit. And when codexes drop, that army is going to be hot for a little bit until more balances come around. And Unless you're Leagues of Otan. <laughs> 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 they nerfed them before they came out last edition. It Rightfully so. And then they got the nerf hammer this edition. Death Watch this edition got the nerf before they actually dropped their cards. They immediately caught on <laughs> about the automatic sustained hits. Like, yeah, uh, that was broken as well. But it's cool that they they're actually catching that stuff and fixing it and fixing quickly. It. Yep. They're you know they're not letting these you know tournaments go running rampant with you know the obvious winner of the of the bunch, right? I know people were kind of sad that Aldari is still up there even after the balance, but. It shows that they're not doing a knee-jerk reaction as well. It's that they're trying to slowly and find the the right amount of debuffing these or uh, making more units more cost more or whatever. Um, it I, I like the non-knee-jerk reaction. It might be slow, but hopefully over time we'll have a pretty even playing field. Yeah, no, I do like the the tailoring it in right slowly, yep. slowly starting to. Uh, and I think, and I was actually talking with Jake about it earlier, was how I think they're going to essentially just because because they've been creeping up points, right? It's yep. you know it's like a slowly, you know, hey, this is ten points more, this is twenty points more, and the kind of way that the system works is because you're paying for these like big blocks of points, yep. so something that was one hundred and eighty points now becomes two hundred points. It's so difficult to, because normally, you know, in the past, if if you know, someone went from 180 to 200 points, yeah, I just I give him a bolt rifle instead yeah, of a special weapon. You could remove individual, you know, costs and all that stuff. But now it's like, okay, well, now my army's 20 points more. I've got to drop an entire unit if I want to keep this unit in here still. Well, how valuable is that unit to me still? Yeah. Now, one of the things that I've seen is like they've increased points on a number of units. But there is not a, you know, some of the stuff is so cool and still valuable to you as like a player that you're like, well, I'm still going to take it. They're cool as hell, man. Especially, I mean, playing the game is a big part of the hobby, but uh, both me and you are uh, painters at heart, I say. And I mean, imagine having to give away your tattoo guy. No, I couldn't do it. You couldn't do it, right? I mean, that guy gets a, a compliment every time you put him on the table. Stern guard, Stern guard will always be. <laughs> I mean, they're, luckily, they're a great unit. So, <laughs> so no, I mean that, that's kind of it's it's kind of one of the big things that especially, and I'm, I'm I, I posit this at the newer players, right? If you're a newer player, you listen to this podcast. More than likely, you came into the TikTok, and I directed you this way for this episode. How's it going? How's it? What's up, man? Remember me? Uh, <laughs> Just, just keep in mind, like play what you think looks cool, and and I think that's kind of one of the big things where, you know, there is like a lot of you know technology driven players. That's why everybody jokes around. It's like, man, why are Tau so always so good? You know, like why are Tau? Why do they get all these new units and everything like that? It's like, well, because I think that's the most eye catching and appealing unit in the game when yes, you have really. people that are, you know, you have people that are playing, you know building gunpla and they're 
you know, building, yep. you know, all this like cyberpunk infinity, everything like that. I mean, I've been talking about it for weeks that I want to get a Tau army. It looks amazing to me. I yeah. think it's one of the coolest looking armies by far. So that was kind of one of the things I was, you know, joking about was, you know, they're not going to let Tau sit at that 38%, man. <laughs> Absolutely they're not, not going to let them be down there. There's uh there's too much at stake <laughs> for the shareholders for Tau to, to for a shareholder to see them that low on that list. <laughs> yeah, if I'm a shareholder, I'm like, yeah, we need to bump them up at least eight. <laughs> at least eight spots. I know. Well, they're at thirty eight percent right now. If they're not at forty six by Monday, <laughs> I'm, I'm pulling some shares. <laughs> so but also like one thing that you've always taught me even because I would say you taught me thirty K or of course Harrison is play the objective. And if you play the objective and you have units that can play the objective well, uh, you you probably still have really close games, uh, no matter if your army is good at killing or not. Uh, killing is only part of the game. Um, actually, I sent my planes against Brenner, the Custodes player, and I went straight into his back lines, and he's, like, getting ready to get hurt by my planes from his Terminators and stuff, and... He had Arbite sitting back there. I knew he had the cleanse. He was taking fixed missions. So he had cleanse. I knew those Arbites are going to be automatic points every time because the Arbites aren't good, but they're good cleanse units. Yep. So the first thing I did is shoot, shoot his cleanse unit. Now he has to sacrifice a Terminator squad to do cleanse, and that hurts. got to take away the more. shooting, and then they're not in range to assault anything. and so They can't charge. Like Explain what cleanse is. So, so cleanse is a secondary mission. So you have your primaries, and then... There's two types of secondary missions right now. There's tactical and fixed. And tactical, uh, you auto, you draw two cards normally unless a mission rule says otherwise. And they give you two secondary missions every turn. Well, when you take fixed, you choose. There's a set number of ones that you can choose from to be fixed. And that is your secondary mission every round no matter what. So when somebody takes fixed, make sure you know what they, they have to do and try to take those units or things that they're going to want to use to do that secondary mission away from in my case he got cleanse and basically you have to set a unit on top of a objective marker and they clean it but they can't shoot they can't charge they can't fight so when you have arbites versus terminators you're going to take them arbites to do cleanse all day because you're not going to shoot with them really you're not going to fight with them i mean if you do they're not going to do very good compared to the Terminators. So taking away that unit took away points from him every round because now he has to sacrifice a 200 and something point model to do that. I would say that if you're a newer player and you see your opponent pulls out some Arbites on you, they're not planning on fighting you with the Arbites. <laughs> like the Arbites, I think it's like a 35 point unit, right? Yeah, 35 point grots would be another thing for yeah. orcs. Uh, there's a lot of armies have these point scoring models that aren't meant to fight, aren't meant to do anything but score points for you. And, and I think Arbites are solely an ally detachment. Like I don't yeah, think so they came and they don't even have their own faction. They don't have their own <laughs> army they can go to. You just take them. If you see them show up on the table, no, it is a a dump points. And so what they're gonna do with them is they're going to try and in the case of cleanse, like those are like the custodians, right? They're like <laughs> they're trying to they're trying to and not to be confused with custodes. Like these dudes are out there solely to go and uh, try and rack up points while the rest of the army plays defense for them. So smart move on your part, just icing them first off. It's like, no, no. I had the benefit of playing Brenner before, and one of those custodes, I mean, those uh, Arbites, 
he uses them to screen out for deep strike and stuff like that. I have flyers, so if I can't land, I can't land on top of a model, so I have to keep on going, and I might end up off the board. Right. Um, so they're just going to be a pain no matter what, but I had the benefit of playing him before, and that's what he used them for. So, yeah, that was an obvious choice to me. <laughs> Bye-bye, Arbites. And he couldn't believe it. He was like, you're shooting my Arbites with your plane? I mean, Daka Jet has... 18 shots and on fives and sixes we have sustained hits for sustained hits uh if y'all don't know is uh, on a critical hit uh you can add another hit to that uh, successful hit so on fives and sixes a third of the time on my dice roll of 18 dice i'm putting dice back in my pile which as is like hits. numerically like six six extra dice yeah it, it yeah i think it averaged out to about six in yeah. all the games i played mm. So he was pretty shocked, but I think that was a big reason of why I won that game. Yeah, yeah. Get rid of immediately. Get rid of anyway. And and it's one of those things we you know we joke around to play the mission and everything like that. And against I played the Crimson Fist player Steven the other day. Oh yeah. And what happens is like <laughs> you see red, right? Oh yeah. Like you get mad and you forget the mission. You're like, oh well, I want to just kill this guy. Like you know. He popped an expensive tank <laughs> really early, huh? He popped my executioner. I was like, all right, you're going to make me feel pain. I'm going to make you feel pain. Like, it was so crazy because, you know, I, I drew one of the cards that was uh, get behind enemy lines. And I happen to on the fronts. I happen to have a unit that can get me that. And I can throw my guys and using my librarian dreadnought with blood angels. He can send a unit deep strike, throw them across the table. And I could have easily done that. You started to do it. And then and I, <laughs> I saw it in your head. I, I was sitting there uh, building an orc truck at the time, and I'm like, oh, no, Michael. Oh, no. Play the objective, baby. We know we talk about this. I was like, I had, I was on, so that mission uh, uh, on all fronts, right? If I get three yeah. quarters of the table, like if I'm on three corners of the table, I get you know pretty significant points. Uh, and I had that unit in that fourth quarter, and then I brought them out and put them back in the first quarter because I was like, I'm not, I'm just mad that this you took my big unit away so i'm gonna take you because i knew my stern guard could absolutely slay they get so many shots they you know i've got the i've got the captain in there with the bolter discipline so they're getting sustained shots as well and he gives you a free stratagem too right he gives a free stratagem so i can give them a a, a bolt a devastator doctrine so that means they can move and shoot and that also yep. gives them the five and six on sustain so, like, this is just super hard-hitting unit. Tons of shot, tons of dies, tons of mortal wounds. And so, and then what's cool about the Stern Guard as well is if they kill a unit, they get to shoot another unit once a game. It's so nasty. And so I was like, you know what? I'm Like, I could, like, it was so, it sucked for me because I, I was seeing red at that time. And I knew, it was like, if I land right here, I can shoot two units. And, and you started with them, too? <laughs> because... I say that you might have got a little overzealous. I mean, dice just didn't work out in your favor. So you left him at one wound, so you didn't even get to move to the other unit. Yep. Like, you didn't fully kill that unit. So, like, the blood even got probably more because now you're pissed that your plan didn't work out. <laughs> yeah, man. It was one of those things where I was like, man, if I would have just played the objective, I would have got shot at, but I wouldn't have gotten killed. The Storm Raven wouldn't have been able to make it to me because I could have hidden the... Hidden the cover, kept cover. Like, yep. it truly, I just, like, immediately went bloodlust mode. <laughs> and then just, like, you know what? I'm just going to start killing scouts. I'm going to start killing, you know. I get uh, it, though. Like that Devastator was, squads. Like, everything's going. I saw him pop that, that tank. I was like, ooh, God. <laughs> I, Damn. 
And it, it, it truly, you know, we talk about all of this uh, uh, not knowing what units do situation, yeah. right? And like, truly, I had no idea Storm Raven was it like. You, just don't, me. you don't see them on the table. It, honestly, <laughs> I will say that Storm Raven is the reason why I took my orcs the next day because I have two flyers. Uh-huh. And that's another thing is, you know, you hear across the internet flyers aren't good. Flyers aren't good. So well, who's was, ready for flyers? Nobody's seeing flyers right nobody's now. Nobody's ready for it. So I was like. I have two cool planes over there. I want to play a plane after seeing that Storm Raven do work. And I went and did work with them. Like, What's the, what does what the flyer rule give you as far as aircraft? So if so you have flying to, around? You have to have flying to do melee with them. So uh-huh. one of the cool things that I was using them for is to block pathways. With their base. With their base. Because you, mm-hmm. you still can't end an engagement or anything like that with them. So I was... Just getting in their face and making it a pain to have to run around them. Uh-huh. And nobody could fight because nobody takes flyers in this edition right now. So, basically, you can move at minimum 20, but as much, much as you want. So, I was in their back lines, turn one, and then also being a nuisance because my the flyers have pretty big bases. So, they charge block for you. They do all kinds of cool things like that. I guess, uh, is there a... a, a, a a negative or like a penalty to shooting against them as well? Uh, no, not that. I mean, I could be playing it wrong. I didn't really look at the rules too hard. But uh, as far as we looked it up on the fly and we couldn't find anything, the only thing we could find is that uh, the fighting uh, is different for them. Which is great. Yeah. Which they're just safe up there, safe they're up high. safe, and I'm in your deployment zone surrounded by enemies. Yeah. No, especially when I saw you played against Tyranids, you played against Custodes, you know, kind of decently good close combat armies. You're just flying around untouchable with them. Yep. And so... But we had JD. I was playing JD with his Tyranids, and... I was what, flyrant. <laughs> what he was doing, honestly, is going and putting his Tyranids, because how flying works in this edition is you fly in a straight line, and then you get a 90-degree pivot... So you know exactly the straight line that your opponent's going to go in the next turn. Right. Well, I had a straight line, and right at 20 was right before the edge of the board. So what JD did is he went and moved a model where I couldn't move where that 20 was going to be. So I had to fly off the board and come back in strategic reserves the next round. So he took a round of shooting away from and you. He took a round of shooting away. So that is one negative, but that was a smart play by JD. And then, But you also realize, like, you're taking off units from objectives. Yep. You are like, although it does kind of nerf your flyer because it's not getting to shoot. You're also he still had to take time out of his, or he's had to take his momentum from his units to handle block your flyer me. and yep. block you from doing that. And this, if you think about Tyranids, where it's like they are a heavy close combat unit army, their faction, and so they are gonna want to be in that close combat. So having him move to the edge of the table to have you fly off, and he's yeah. not getting a charge because of that, there's value in it for sure. Absolutely. And so, yeah, new flyers, man. I was, <laughs> I was immediately surprised, and I was like, you know what can flyers do? So <laughs> I sit there, I'm looking at like what flyers do I have like Avengers and stuff like that. Like, well, then you had like our discussion the with, with Eric too. Is like. Things have the fly keyword, and there's anti-fly everywhere. Uh, everywhere, so I mean, I just keep an eye out for that as well. It's, yeah, so much stuff is a uh, fly. I mean, Aldari. One of the greatest things about them is all their tanks have fly. They they can just the mobility because of their fly and like anti-fly would take care of them. I'm telling you, man. I'm just waiting for because uh, my repulsor executioner has the 
the anti-fly uh, <laughs> little, little rocket launcher, yeah, the Strength yeah. Eight. I always throw that at people. Like it's, all, I always see that anti-fly. I'm like, oh, yeah. don't need that. You know, like, <laughs> bah, 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 bah. and so uh, uh, eventually it's gonna come down to where I'm gonna be using that to take down some DACA jets. What heads or, up? If you play my Gray Knights and I advance, I have the fly keyword. Oh well, see that's something you don't know. People don't know that. I haven't played them long enough to. Yeah, because you instead of adva- instead of rolling an advance roll with them. Their secondary army rule, like you have your main army rule and then like a sub army rule. Theirs is you take an automatic six event, six inch advantage, and gain fly. <laughs> could you like? I couldn't imagine somebody like gotcha-ing with you with that. <laughs> oh, you flew anti fly. <laughs> it's like, oh, by the way, uh, you you uh, advanced right. So yeah, okay. Well, this is anti fly. So he actually <laughs> hits you, know, wounds you on a two up. It's like what? This guy's such a good player. <laughs> <Flip> the table. <laughs> So, but no, man, that's super cool. I, like I'm, I like, I really enjoyed seeing you go out there and just, you know, handle business with your stompas <laughs> and handle business with your orcs. And especially against custodes, man, I was not expecting that game to turn out that good. I was, I was waiting for the pain and then, yeah, the stompa, there was one blades guardman, I think they're called blade guard. Uh-huh. I could not kill him. For the life of me, I had a uh, death killer work trike with his bikers on there. I had my helicopters on there. I put my nose drill, uh, mega scrap, scrap jet or mega track scrap jet on there. I could not kill this guy. Two rounds of combat went by. This guy's still standing. I, my next turn, I fell back everybody. He's like, You're falling back. I was like, Yeah. And I pushed the stomp to him. I did tank shot. That's why I rolled the 26 dice. I was like, this guy's going to die. <laughs> Explain how tank shock works. Yeah, so tank shock is a universal stratagem, I think they're called. Uh-huh. Um, and any tank or vehicle, any vehicle, I think, keyword, uh, you roll uh, the amount of dice based off the strength of one of your melee weapons. Your highest melee weapon. Your high, highest melee weapon. So in the case of the stompa, we have a 24 strength melee weapon. So I get to roll 24 dice, and then if your strength is higher than the toughness, you add two more dice, so 26 dice. And I roll them all, and on fives and sixes, I mortally wound them up to six mortal wounds. So it's statistically, it's automatic mortal wounds with... Six automatic mortal wounds, basically. Yeah, six automatic wounds. So that guy's just gone, and then I was... In a, I charged two units basically, so I could just go fight the other guy too. And if you're not familiar with mortal wounds, that bypasses your armor, that bypasses your invulnerable save. The only thing it doesn't bypass is feel no pain. And so if that your guy, which is like if you got a two up save and like a four up invulnerable save, you're not really used to getting hurt. Those mortal wounds get through really quick. If you got dreadnoughts, if you've got killicans, anything like that, that doesn't normally seem like a really good you know, tanky vehicle, but it's got that strength 10, a strength 12 or whatever, that tank shock does make a huge difference because of the it Absolutely. completely bypasses that nece- that need to, to wound something. It's an easy way to kind of score that six mortal wounds on something. Especially if you're going up against a very tanky thing. Uh, like, so with my gray knights, I have the, the baby carrier or the uh, dread knight. And um, he has that strength 14 uh, hammer. And it's 16 dice. I'm almost always getting the six mortal wounds, but I can go against really tanky things because I still have a very strong melee weapon, but sometimes I don't have enough to finish off that. But those six mortal wounds just gives me that head start that I'm able to finish off those vehicles usually. So it's really, really nice. Mm. It's a strategy I use all the time. So good, man. It's so good. 
I think it's probably something we need to cover on one of these episodes is all the different stratagems. I do keep missing all of the... Especially the universal ones. The universal stratagems. Like, I know my stratagems are on the cards. I can find them really yeah. quick and, and look them over. Like, I just don't know... Especially when you're watching events and things like that, it's kind of one of those things where they know exactly what stratagem to use in certain situations. And I feel like I'm always like I'm always too heavy in CP. Yeah. Like I'll end a game with like four or five CP. I'm like, man, I really like you. There's no reason not to spend them, right? Yeah. There's absolutely no reason that you, you should don't get end victory a game. points at yeah. the end for them or anything. Yeah. So. Uh, I'm a CP junkie. I spend them as fast as I get them usually, um, but. I don't think I'm spending them as efficiently as I could be if I knew some of the, like especially with orcs, they, there's that take cover uh, universal stratagem which I usually don't get a lot of benefit with my gray knights because they're so tanky already. Yep. But with orcs, you know, you're rolling fives and sixes to save on a lot of their stuff, so that take cover could really help me yesterday. But totally forgot about it because I don't usually use it. <laughs> you're too busy tank shocking everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, they have a also orcs have a stratagem where you can add two to your movement and charge, and with the speed freaks going almost all twelve inches, fourteen inch movement. You just plus, kept kept hitting it, kept hitting the red button. Yeah, keep my my warlord has an enhancement that gives me another two inches, so I'm moving sixteen inches and then a two inch added to my charge. He's just pounding that red button. Going <laughs> it's just nos 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 nos. Must go faster. Oh. Well, yeah, man, that's a uh, that's awesome. I'm very happy to hear that, dude. Uh, I think uh, we're right at that hour mark, so we'll let everybody, you know, have some time back. I really appreciate you guys appreciate you guys listening. Um, we are going to do a lot more of these. It's, we're trying to keep it at under an hour. Um, we are trying to keep it a little bit newer player focused. So if you are new to tenth edition and you are starting to to get in, this is going to be a podcast more dedicated to you and growing with us as well because we are also newer players to this edition and 40k in general um so hopefully you guys can grow with us um we do accept any feedback that you guys have any Uh, questions that y'all might want us to go over especially with the new players absolutely we would love to talk about it uh so if you are interested in joining a community where you can ask us these questions directly, you know, instead of sending us an email or anything like that, if you just go to warhammerdiscord.com, that's going to take you to the Radio Free Istvan uh podcast uh, Discord group or I guess Discord server. And so that is kind of the parent podcast of this podcast and uh, what spawned this one off. And so we have a, a credible 40K community in there. We've got an incredible Horus Heresy community, uh, just gamers in general where tactics are discussed. For sure. With the TikTok too, the 40K community is really growing. Uh, yes. We've seen a lot more 40K. When it first started, it was mostly 30K and understandable from the podcast. But yeah, the TikTok has really brought in a lot of uh, 40K new people. That And there's some really cool models in there. We have painting contests going on every month so yeah hop in there and ask your question away you can get your model roasted if you want some critical feedback i I love that channel i like to see critical feedback yes i'm I'm so glad seeing a lot of newer players taking advantage of it because really like i think we you know we have a couple of players right now that have posted up their models that you know at first we're kind of you know this is a brand new painter coming in roast my models they're taking the constructive feedback constructive criticism and they're not, you know, angrily quitting the hobby. They're actually saying, "Okay, I was about to say that. What I want to applaud that person." Yeah, it's like I'm like 
I'm not going to go quit the game. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to take what they told me. These are experienced painters that are telling me to do this. I'm going to take what they're asking me. I'm going to go and push that forward, and I'm going to try this. And they come back and like, all right, how about this now? And you're like, well, obviously this is better. Yeah, we're, we're getting there. Yeah. Now, now let's push it to this. And yeah, let's, we can step step you up all the way into you're showing us what to do. I, I can't wait till that person looks back at their original model and realizes like what we all saw. It's like, okay, now look where you were. Look where you're at right now. Here's the, I'll go ahead and put down seven bucks for the uh, LA Totally Awesome for you. <laughs> and, and you can, you know, go redo everything. Go redo everything. I always thought I was going to do that, honestly, but I kind of like looking back and seeing where, where I was and how far I've come. Not me. <laughs> I, got, I got Ultra Breed sitting there right now, baby. They're gone. Those are pro painted. <laughs> Sucker stripped. Get it out of here. <laughs> they will be red soon enough, man. Hell yeah. So. Definitely appreciate that, guys. Once again, that is WarhammerDiscord.com in your browser. It'll take you to an invite link. Hop in there. Go have fun. There is painting competition. There's a mental health uh, uh, Discord in there as well. So if you are feeling a little low, down, you can talk in there. People will talk to you and chat with you with the ability to be anonymous. Uh, we do have a handy person group in there. So if you are a, a newer player, maybe you're a dad, you hop in there. If you have questions, you're a new dad or a new a new homeowner, you have questions about piping, anything like that, there's a little side, little channel for that as well. Absolutely. Uh, but you can discuss tactics, competition list, everything like that. And uh, so it's, it's a really, really helpful little community, man. It's it's uh, We've grown quite a bit. It, it's crazy how fast it's grown. And it's fun. Uh, we need to start the hobby hangouts again, I think. Yeah. No. I, I, I really enjoyed those. I've just been hobby hanging out on TikTok. <laughs> like, no, no, like, no, that's the rough thing, right? It's like it's every like, time I'm hobby hanging out in the Discord, it could be with the TikTok. Yeah, I guess I could set up both. I could I could dual stream it. So, so, but definitely appreciate you guys listening. If you could just do us a favor, uh, we are a brand new podcast. So if you could share this podcast as well as give us a rate. Um, we definitely appreciate that. If you don't have Discord and you don't want to join up and, and come talk to us on there, but you do have feedback, you'd like to give the podcast. If you go to Michael at RadioFreeCadia.com, it will get you right to my email. Just shoot me an email, and we will uh, take any feedback you have, especially being a brand-new podcast. We'd like to hear what you guys want to hear. So, uh, so yeah. yeah. As an orc player, I believe everybody's D6s are going to roll sixes this week, so I'm blessed y'all's dice. Oh, have a good one. He got you. <laughs> <laughs> you have a good one, guys.